0: Hello, my name is Dylan Arvella and welcome to Football South Coast In Focus. On this episode, I sit down with Richard macca coach of the all-conquering Aldean Park women's side. I start off by asking Macca about how he got involved in football. Your career, you played for a number of clubs back in the IPL, I believe the late 80s, early 90s and whatnot. Most indigenous sporting talents went to play
1: rugby league. What, how did you end up playing football? Oh look! I played, started playing rugby uh, soccer when I was um, about seven or eight year old. I, I lived at Coomidici. Um Paul Kembler's ground was just up on the hill there, where the, you know, the old um, dressing sheds are there. And uh, I actually got introduced by um, Sonny Brown. Um, he was a cousin of mine, and he played for Paul Kembler when he was younger. And uh, he also represented New South Wales from uh, the Illawarra in the in the sixties. So I got introduced. By my cousin Sonny Brown, and, and from there that's where the soccer, you know, the love of soccer started from. So
0: we'll move move on to Albion Park. You've coached them for a number of years now. What what led you to coaching?
1: coaching oh, you? well, what happened was my um, daughter Tanaia, um She played uh, with Albion Park juniors, and then uh, and then she had a went and had a, a season with the, the Stingrays um, under sixteens, and. Played there for a year and, uh, you know, it wasn't a bad year, but, you know, just didn't work out. So she ended up having a break and then she came to me and uh, me uncle, her uncle, Brian Brown and me mum and said, look, her and a friend wanted to get a team together. She says, oh, we, you know, we wouldn't mind getting a, you know, starting Albion Park soccer team up. There was already one there, so we sort of joined forces with them. And then uh, we ended up making the second division uh, in nine, 2009, I think it was, second division, and we went undefeated. And So it was basically my daughter, Tanea, her and a friend, wanting to play soccer again. Yeah. So that's where it basically started from. So were you coaching Tanea when she was in the juniors as well? I coached her for a, a little bit, but she had other coaches and that, and yeah, you know, she was she's not a bad player, she goes alright. Um, yeah, so yeah, no, she's had other coaches, but yeah, I did coach her maybe once or twice. So your daughter's probably the reason why well, well right. yeah, 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 it is. It is. It's the daughter. I mean, if it wasn't for her, well, I don't know if I'd be coaching. And the, and the wife is pretty passionate now. She's a she comes from a rugby league family. Yeah. Would you believe it? <laughs> her dad's always been. Her family's always been. Dapto rugby league. But getting married to me as a soccer player, you know, that changed. And now she's. Yeah, you know, good, good woman in in uh, Albion Park management yeah. side. And I of think.
0: course, her name's Joanne. Joanne, she's the right. manager. team, yeah. correct. Yeah. yeah. So over the past five seasons, Albion Park have, have had extreme success: three state cups, the Champions of Champions, three grand finals, four league titles. You wrapped up your fourth one only a couple of weeks ago. Which th- this in 2017, you haven't dropped a point. It's quite a phenomenal record.
1: Yeah. Look, we're pretty, we're proud of it, and uh, the girls are. Are pretty proud of it because I keep them humble I said you're running as good as your last game and, and when I talk about sport I talk you can be the best player in the world but if you don't respect the game respect yourself and respect the opposition that can easily come down so that's what that's why I've installed into the girls about being humble don't think you're any better than one anywhere. You might be the state champion. You might be the grand final in the last three years. That's good. Be proud, proud of that. But don't let it get to your head. Mm. Keep your feet on the ground and just keep being an humble person and, and things will happen. And that mentality, I, ma- I imagine, keeps the side driven? It does. You know, We, we talk about it all the time. I, I talk about it to the girls. And I, all right, we've had a good win today. We've, we've done great. Let's move on next week now, but just keep our feet on the ground. Yeah. I was at a game about... Six weeks ago,
0: two months ago, we were playing out Kaia at Terra Reserve. It was a freezing Wednesday night. It was cool. uh, But but I, there would have probably been about a hundred people there, playing in front of such a terrific and supportive environment. Must be must be a real insanity
1: for the girls. Oh, the girls love it. Like they they turn up to a game and you know when they see a few people there, um, it, it, they get a buzz out of it. And yeah, you know, it's good that they're getting the recognition that they deserve. You know for for the success that they've had. So. And when they see the crowds there, you know, you know, I mean, it's not as big as men's crowds, but there's a crowd. Right. And and they feel good about it, you know. And, um, yeah, they, they love uh, playing soccer in front of crowds. So.
0: Yeah, and they get to all your, they also do a fair bit of travelling
1: as well. Yeah, well, like you said, over the years we won a few state cups and all that stuff and we've travelled over the state a bit and, you know, Griffith and places like that and, you know, Dubbo and yeah so yeah the girls have done a bit of travelling and that's all you know money that we've raised you know through our own sponsorships and um all that kind of stuff, so you know, but we're happy you know we 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 do we do what we have to do,
0: yeah, a lot of the players in in your current side have been with the club for a few years now. But how do Albion Park go about recruiting players? I know the under 18 side has been quite successful yeah, this year as well. Yep. I believe they came second in, in That's that, right, that yeah. the under 21s division. Yep. Uh, is there a pathway for them into the senior side?
1: Yeah, there is. Um, I, I've actually given a number of the girls a bit of a run this year in in, in the first grade competition. And, you know, I went out and looked at them play and I said, look, I don't mind the look of this girl. I think I might give her a bit of a run, a bit of a taste of what first grade's like. And they've cut them and stepped up and they've liked it. Um, so there is a pathway there for them but it, it goes back to that what I was saying earlier about commitment, training because some of them come and they think oh it's that mentality, oh it's only a women's game but now alright but when they see Albion Park what we do, they sort of get a bit not frightened but oh jeez this is serious yeah. you understand what I'm saying yeah. so, and the, girls have, the, the young girls that I've uh, given a run to they've stepped up and they've done great so there's, there is a pathway there at Albion Park. It, it depends up to them. Mm. Okay? and if they want to achieve and, and you know, go through that process, we're happy to have them.
0: Yeah, this season's probably been your most successful season, from just from the amount, not dropping points. You've got the State Cup. Uh, I imagine you're going for the Champions' League Champions as well. The Grand Final still to come. At what point do you think Albion Park has outgrown Illawarra Football? Oh
1: look. <laughs> that's a good point, We someone actually said to us why are we playing in this league and I, I'll be honest with you, I think you, you look at starting to go higher then things are going to change you, you, you're going to have to probably maybe get another two, three or four players to go to that level um, but at, at this stage Albion Park, we're happy where we are and look going to another level, it, it's a more it's a cost you know, travelling. You know, like like I said, yeah, if you're going to start playing in the first grade competition in the state or or the next level up, so there you know there's factors there that are, that can be a be a um you know, a blocking for you. So, but we're happy doing what we're doing, and you know the girls if they want to move on to another club, and like they've had some of them have had stingrays ringing up and say, look, yeah, you know, what are you doing next year? And and we're happy if a club that's higher than us is looking at our place to they they're
0: think they're doing good. the right thing
1: yeah i'm i'm happy for them to go i said no you go for yourself you know you prove yourself who you are and what you know what you can do in that league we're happy for you to go um you know but some of them just want to hang and play where they are without doubt. maybe they're you know just happy doing what they're doing
0: there have been a few teams that have achieved some success in the area in recent years. Wollongong Olympic, they had a decent couple of seasons. Winona in the last couple. Uh, Tarawana, probably Albion Park's main rivals over the last five years or yeah. so. How did those clubs, who are on the rung just below, move move up and really consistently challenge Albion
1: Park? Yeah. Firstly, I think they've got to be committed. They've got to be serious about training. Um, look, we know people get sick, and, and, and I think it's about a commitment. It's about your training, and, and getting things in place where they feel supported. That that they know they're coming to a club that's going to support them, help them, and head them in the right direction. Um, so, I think it's, it's a commitment, and, and you know, to, to the training. Mm. Um, i think training is very important in, in sport and i mean if you didn't train if we didn't do the training that we did i, I don't think we'd be successful as what we are because training's paramount you know, it's the ball skill it's it's the fitness um, and i think that's what a lot of and I'll, you know be i think that's what a lot of women's clubs ladies clubs within the area i don't think they take it serious enough in the way of training and being committed yeah. and if they did a little bit more of that, I think you'd see a lot more teams challenging Albion Park.
0: What about the teams below the below those next three or four clubs? The ones are the, making up the rest of the yeah. first division and feeding off feeding off scraps in some sense. Yeah. Is it, do you think that just comes down to a higher level of commitment to, to become more competitive? Because obviously your side has put on some pretty comprehensive scorelines this season.
1: Yeah, like I said, it's commitment training. I think what needs to happen is clubs. I think this is what they need to do, if they can, if they've got the capacity, is to support their players. Encourage them to be tough, be strong. Um, I'll be honest with you, I've had girls in my team that have played in my team, and if they were with another club, I don't know if they'd get a run in first grade. But it's me showing them that I'm committed. If you're committed, I'm committed. And they've given me their best and that's all you want. As long as you're getting the best from your playing and they're happy to listen to you and your directions and what you want them to do, you'll get it. You'll get outcomes. And I think that's what they need to have. They need to have a coach that's committed, to come along, give them the right balance and training and, and um, uh, support and that. And I think that girls will stay. Because I think girls tend to drift. Yeah. They drift a lot. Uh, one year they might play there and say, oh, well, I'm not happy there, I want to go and play here. It's, it's it. but like I said Albion Park we've been successful and we haven't have recruited anyone we've been lucky this year uh, actually one of our 18s from last year has come up and played uh, playing first grade great player Riley McGarland great player she's only 18 and she stepped from the 18s last year she's coming up and play, playing with us so there is a pathway and there is opportunities if you're committed yeah. so Riley r- uh like I said, Riley McGarland. Um, I've got i I've got about probably another two or three girls that are, you know, 21, 20, playing first grade. Yeah. And you go to other clubs, there's girls that are playing um in that in other clubs, same age, but the commitment yep. is just not there. So I'm lucky, mate. I, I'm lucky other And as I said, went we, we've we haven't recruited but girls have some girls have come to us because they've heard of the reputation yep. of Albion Park how successful we've been, you know, the training. Yeah. One girl come to the, our club from, I won't mention another club, but she come this year, I didn't even know her, but some of the girl, you know, the daughter and a couple of those good news, she said, oh, she's a good player. I said, yeah, well, how come she's come to play with us? She goes, you know, we're, we're doing good, I suppose. we yeah. you know, we train, we, you know, we're, we're a club, um, and all that kind of stuff. So we, we treat everyone the same. Yeah. So and uh, yeah. and she's just come along and she wanted to play and. She's been one
0: of my best players. Yeah. So it's about other clubs making that environment for that it attracts, keeps their players at the club. That's right. Keeps yeah. them happy. and, yeah, and wants, yes. Continues makes the gives them an opportunity mm-hmm. to grow. With that, you've covered a lot of it. But what do you think the biggest issue facing women's football is in the Illawarra?
1: Oh look, I think the biggest thing is um, could be retaining re- retention of of young girls like. You know, from 16 probably to 17 or 18. I think that's a big issue and I think there should be some sort of pathway that the women's committee or South Coast should look at and creating something there that keeps that um, them girls that are not going and playing other sports or just dropping out completely. I think the 21's comp this year was has been alright. I mean I suppose it could be better but I think it's been alright and I think something like that's a good you don't want getting girls that are playing like I'm lucky I've got a lot of young girls in my team but they're they're good players. Where you get girls that are 19, 20 year old and they might want to just play you know, against their own age. Yeah, own age and, and girls that have the same capabilities as them. Um so, you know, that kind of stuff and not putting them in the deep end. But yeah. you know, you're putting them in first grade playing against like a Albion Park or Tarawana or Nuna an and you know what the outcome's gonna be. Yeah. So it's about you know, looking after them young girls.
0: Yeah. I know Football South Coast, they're trying to target younger players at a younger age. I saw on Albion Park posted an ad from Football South Coast on their Facebook page about their talent identification programs that are coming up, yep. do you think those sort of things, picking out talented younger girls at a younger age, will be really beneficial for the long term football, and for women's football in the Allura?
1: Yeah, I think so. Depends how it's run. Now look, I'll be honest with you, you've got to be careful it doesn't get political. And the way I'm, what I mean about political is parents getting involved. Oh, Johnny should be playing there, he's a better player than that. Well, the coach, and if you've got a, 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 uh, like a selector or something. Panel selectors or whatever. Yeah, let them do their job. Yeah. And if you've got concerns, do it the right way. And I've known in the past, parents have rang up the coach and blasted the coach. Oh, come, Johnny's not playing, you know, he's a better player. Talk. Do it properly. Yeah. Don't dictate and demand that your young Johnny or your, your young Melissa or should be playing. Yeah. If they're good enough, they're good enough. Yeah. Keep political out of it because once you start getting political and you know parents and, and clubs and and you know getting like that, then then it becomes a waste of time. Mm. Pe- people know that oh, it's not serious. Why go there? You know, and they're not interested. They're just worried about their own little you know, uh, family or or friends or whatever, you know? It's a a world game, mate. It's for anyone that wants to play, whatever nationality you are, you know? So, and and sport's great because it it brings people together. It it makes people, you, you get lifelong friendships. Like I've played soccer all my life and some of the friends that I have, they come from all over the world, mate. English, Spanish, Croatian, you know? any culture yeah. and, 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 and it's good it's a good ground for making friends you know so lifelong friends so it's a, it's a family thing as well if it's done right yeah and i think if they go through that process long as it doesn't get political once you start getting political within sport it falls you know, apart of course it does mate
0: one thing that um women's football often gets hit with this stick is the goalkeepers I was, talk- I was talking to Amy Scopal a little while ago, yeah. a fern- yeah. part of the women's council. She believes that
1: the standard has improved a lot in recent seasons. I think it's got a bit better, but look, I'll be honest here. I think goalkeeper is probably your most, one of your most important positions on the field. Where, but they don't think like that. Oh, I don't want to play goalkeeper. I don't. I want to play. I want to be a forward. I want to score goals now this is see, I'm, 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 so why I'm talking like this is they don't, like I said, they don't see goalkeeper as a very important position and I understand what uh, Emmy's saying yes there are a couple of good goalkeepers around like Kendall that plays in my team and, and uh, the one that young girl that plays for uh, Kyama, good goalkeeper and uh, if they have the right coaching right um, where they could maybe have a, a, a you know one night a week that they go to a, a coaching clinic or something like that, I don't know if that you know that happens but if they had something like that, it'd be great. Yeah. Um, so I think it can be a little bit better. But I think it's, yeah, it's pretty slowly. And often, this is also something that's
0: a lot in junior boys football. It's about having a goalkeeper that wants to be the goalkeeper. That's exactly
1: right. No one wants it because they don't think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a position that, oh, he's a goalkeeper. It's yep. your most important position. Yep. If you don't understand how to read a game, when to come out and get a ball, you know, watching the game, saving... Cause you, you could put a person in goal and they could just stand and balls are going like this it ten matter. nil. Yeah. You gotta have someone to be really committed and then I think you're right, I think it it's it, juniors right across the board, not mm-hmm. just women's soccer, but I think it's right across the board. Because at the end of the day, what people see is the Ronaldo's. The Lionel scores. Messi Lionel Messi's. Wayne Rooney's. You know? All these goal scorers, great and don't get me wrong, you need goal scorers. They are the ones that win your games as well. But I think we need to sort of... Encourage goalkeepers. Encourage it. Yeah. And like I said, the young one like Kendall, my goalkeeper, or or the young one from... um, Megan Blanche. From Kiama. Yeah, Yeah, good goal. She could be a role model. They can be role models for junior girls
0: around the place. Um, Obviously, this is a conversation between two males about women's football, which is perhaps an issue in its own right. Do you think Football South Coast, Football New South Wales uh, and or the FFA need to do more to
1: encourage women to take up coaching? Yeah, for sure, mate. I, I can't see why. If you want to be a women's coach, well, do what you got to do to get there. Are you
0: hoping that some of the players in your side one day take take up the mantle and take
1: take over oh, as a look, coach? Yeah, yeah. I, I, that, well, that's, that's sort of like a goal that I'd like to see happen because I suppose in, in one way that'll... Um, justify what I've achieved in getting a, 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 one of my local girls to take on the coach, and then hopefully what she's learned from me and and, and, and you know teaching and coaching and all that that she will carry that on. Um, and everyone's got their own individual way of coaching, you know. Everyone's not the same, but yeah, that'll be a, a goal of mine. I'd like to see that happen.
0: What are your thoughts on combining men's and women's clubs? There are a few clubs in the area that have a connection between the two clubs. Albion Park isn't one of those clubs. Do you think it's an idea that could be beneficial for clubs?
1: I think it could be but it depends on how serious both camps are, men and women. If they're serious about being keeping it that way and, and, and making it work well, they need support, the women need support from the men's clubs and the Women's club need to support the men's club, and I'm not saying they need to go and watch every game, each, each other's game. It's more behind the scenes supporting, like whether it's financial or, or um, you know, allocating grounds or, or you know, being together and communicating. Yeah. You know, not them and us. It's about communication. So if they can do it and they're serious about it, I think it could be a good thing. Um, but. You know what it's like, women and men. Sometimes we we you know, bump our heads and I don't agree, but it's all about, and it's not about an individual. It's about what's best for the club. Yeah. What's best for the women's soccer and what's best for the men's soccer, and if you got to look at look at the, it, it could be a, a great thing supporting each other, mm. long as it's done properly, mm. and another f- word I just mentioned before, political, long as it doesn't become political. When it starts becoming political, you may as well just go and do what you've been doing before. Because, you know, no-one wins. Yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, You had the opportunity to coach
0: the Football South Coast All-Stars side back in 2015. What were your thoughts on the concept?
1: Oh, look, I think it's a good idea. I I just, I think it's got to be done at another time. Of the year? Yeah, yeah. I I think it's got to be done probably nearly straight after, or, you know, a week, two or three weeks after it. When you leave it too long, the girls are—they're out, they—they're they're relaxed, they've done their soccer season, and when you leave it too long, they—they they get, you know, training's not on their mind and all that. Stuff. So I think it needs to be done at another time. Possibly what it could be is—and I don't know—maybe they should do it mid-season, have a spare weekend, like on a, and I know like this weekend is a spare weekend for women's soccer. in not for women's soccer, yep. maybe they could do something like that in yep. the middle of the season, have a spare weekend and, and because then you encourage other girl teams to come along and support it and yep. watch it. have a, have a weekend with his nay soccer um, and support it like' be, um LOR all stars versus whether it's the Stinger or or maybe another representative team from could change it up and whatnot. That's right. yeah, another representative team like could be um I don't know. Anyone. Anyway, Sydney Unis, Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, you know. that's right. Yeah, it could be anyone.
0: Uh, you coach the Illawarra Bangaras in the inaugural National Indigenous Championship. First, can you tell me a bit more about your heritage and what it meant for you to be involved in that competition?
1: Oh, uh, look, you know, because I've, um, I've also played soccer for an Australian uh, Aboriginal team, indoor soccer. Uh, me and my brother and Robbie and, and Brian Brownwee and Jimmy Bell Represented Australia from uh, Aboriginal Australia from Elawari and making the, the indoor soccer team in uh, oh, look eight, late eighties, early nineties. So I'd done i done a couple of tours over into Canada. We played against the Indigenous Canada team. So uh, and that was I was very proud of that because I was representing Australia, but I was also representing my people right. as an Aboriginal and I'm a proud Aboriginal man. You know, like. Uh, I'm, my mother was Annie Mary Davis, you know, a very prominent lady within our community. Uh, you know, unfortunately passed away a few years ago. But uh, I'm a very proud Aboriginal man. and representing my people was. I felt very proud, um, and uh, yeah, no, it was great. It's great. And with the Indigenous team, um, you know, to be asked to coach the Illawarra Aboriginal um, Women's team, I was very honoured, and to win it, the national, the first, uh, in, the inaugural. Um, National Indigenous um, Championships. Yeah. It was a great honour, you know, and I'm, I was lucky. Like I said, I've got a. There's a lot of good young Indigenous girls around this plane. No, it was great. I really enjoyed it. How important is it for young Indigenous women or Indigenous women to have that opportunity to represent their heritage? Their oh, look, it, it, I think it's a good thing, you know. It's. Uh, I think it's another. It's a. It's a. It's an offshoot from, it's like it's sort of like an offshoot from represent Australia. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's where the Australian women's Matildas, you know, there, there should be some sort of little like a partnership yeah. or some sort of thing saying, all oh, right, well, we've got the, the Matildas, why don't we organise to have a camp with the, the Matildas yeah. or something like that or, or, or a couple of little exhibition games or something. I don't know.
0: Because obviously there's a lot of Indigenous players that do represent we'll for the look Matildas. Look at Kaya Simon, Simon you know, um, Kerr, Sam, yeah. Sam Kerr. The goalkeeper Lydia Williams. Yeah, great plays. So that's a connection that could could be built upon. Shakaya Tungai she was awarded the Kaya Simon Player of the Tournament Award. yeah She's been with Albion Park for a number of seasons. Yeah. You that must have been a really proud moment. Oh look, mate.
1: Yeah. Oh, was for her and the family because I know Shaq, you know personally, she's like a um, you know family member and that. But uh, from where she's come from, like I remember when she first came to Albion Park, she was uh, I think fifteen. So she's been with us. She's twenty-one now, I think. Twenty-one. Yeah. So she's been with us five, six years. Twenty-two. Won the um, leading goal scorer for the Illawarra Women's First Division for four years in a row. Yeah, she's only what? Probably not twenty-two yet. Speaks yeah. for itself, mate. Yeah. Um,
0: this isn't specifically about women's football, but do you have any any thoughts on the FFA's
1: Indigenous Football Development Strategy? Oh look, I don't really have a lot um, with it, but look, I think it just needs to be supported and I think it needs to be, needs to get out into the community uh, a little bit more and and people understanding and what they're trying to achieve, what they want to do with uh, Indigenous football. And I think it's a good initiative and I think it needs to continue because it's not only about football, but it's about life skills, it's about being people human beings, making them um, realise something. some of them might not end up playing for Australia or, or playing for city, but what they pick up along the way can be a life-changing experience yeah. for, them, for themselves, employment-wise, um, career-wise, yeah. so I think it's a great thing and hopefully it continues to happen.
0: On to the final series. Winuna they host Kayama, the winner will play the loser of Albion Park and Tarawana. The winner of Albion Park and Tarawana straight for to the mm-hmm. grand final. Kayama had a nil one nil defeat and a nil or draw with Winuna this season. Are they do you think they're a chance of pulling off an upset in this in that match?
1: Yeah, look I, I think it I think it can happen. It, it depends it's like everything It depends on how the girls turn up on the day, um, how committed they are and focused. And I think it can happen. Um, but Winuna are a good team, they're very they're very well drilled, they're very well coached. Um, so, you know, to beat them, you're, you're going to be off the, on your game. And I think Kyama, uh, we've played him a couple of times a year. And, like, we beat him 3 0 in the last game. And the last, that game we played him there, I, I thought the game didn't really reflect the score. I thought they played better than that. Mm. And uh, the first game we played him, we beat him 7 1 or 7 2 or 6 2 or something. And again, I don't think the score really f- reflects the game because they did have some good play. They pushed the ball around, and there was times that we had to struggle. You know, we had to defend and make sure that they didn't score. And that's, you know, and that's what I've drilled into my plays about: we need to be committed, you know, desperate mm. to let no, those go. So, I think. Mean, yeah, on their day, I think Kiama can do it. I think they they could cause an
0: upset. Yeah, and the, your game against Tarawana—it's another chapter in the, in the rivalry between the two clubs. You've had the wood over them this yeah, season, really. but what do you? What does your side need to be wary of so they don't cause an upset?
1: Oh look, Tarawana for me, like um, they 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 are a team that if you, if you're not on your game, you just got to be off your game a bit, and they will they will punish you. Hmm. That's the way we talk about Tarawana. We talk about their their strengths, and they've got some good players. Um, you know, we've been lucky enough that we've got the wood on this year. But I think if we don't turn up to play on the day, um, I think you know Tarawana they will find you out. Mm. Um, so we're we're not taking Tarawana lightly. As I said, yeah, we I get my girls. I keep their feet on the ground. You're only as good as your last game, and uh, if you don't turn up to play, you know, like I said, you can get wallop. And like I said, we've been undefeated. And we know that that's uh, at this stage we we know where we're at, and the girls are committed on going through and trying to do the best. And, and you know hopefully, knock on wood, stay undefeated. But like I said, Tarawana—they're a team. If they turn up on the day and they've got their their head together, you know, they can they can knock you down. Mm. So we, we got, we're we not on any illusions and what Tarawana can do to us. Yeah. Individual. Let's talk about
0: individualism once more. Brittany Ring, yep. uh, another one, another player that's been at Alvin Park for a yep. few years now. Some goals, scoring record. Twenty six yep. goals this season. Yep. There's only four games where she hasn't scored. Mm. Uh, must make your job pretty oh, easy. Look,
1: as I said earlier, mate, I'm lucky to have a player of her ability playing in South Coast women's soccer. I think South Coast women's soccer should be lucky enough to have a girl of her ability playing in our district. She's a great player. Um, <coughs> as I said, you know, me and Brittany have our little, um, you know, little tit for tats and arguments there. But at the end of the day, she's there for a reason. I'm there for a reason. And at, and at the end of the day, we're both here for the same thing. And we both know that that's what we knew. So Brittany Maring, like I said, mate, um, I, I can't praise her enough. I think she's a great player. I think she's a good player for women's soccer in Nellore.
0: Well, that wraps things up. Thank you very much for your time. Not a problem. Mate. It's been very interesting what you've had to say.
1: Yeah. So I'd just hope, um you know, uh, powers to be. Maybe have a bit of a listen. I mean, I, I don't know if I know everything. I could be wrong in a lot of things, but you know, maybe a couple of the things that they could take on board and just you know mull over and have a talk about it and hopefully make women's soccer you know stronger for the next you know 20, 20 years, mate.
0: Yeah. Well, I think considering your record, you've you've you deserve the right to have a
1: say. Oh, well, you know, and I'd appreciate, you know, I'd like to thank South Coast Football for giving me the opportunity to have a bit of a talk, and thank you for, you know, coming in and uh, and, uh, giving me the opportunity, mate. Thank you very much. thanks.
0: Thank you for listening to the show. There are more Football South Coast in Focus episodes for you to listen to, and I'll post a link to them in the description. Be sure to like Football South Coast and Football South Coast Match Center on Facebook, as well as following at FSC underscore official on Twitter. My name is Dylan Arvella. You can find me on Twitter at Dylan Arvella. And until next time, enjoy the football.